Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you today, Joanna Caples, who's an admissions counselor at James Madison University. Joanna, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great, John. I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to be here on this podcast. We are excited to have you. Looking forward to hearing about all that James Madison has to offer. But let's start by asking you, Joanna, to tell us about yourself. How long have you been in admissions and how did you end up in this position? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I have been in admissions. I am completing my fifth cycle, so my fifth year. Um, I ended up in admissions. I actually started my sort of unofficial admissions career when I was in college. I was a student ambassador, orientation leader um, for my alma mater. And then um, a couple of years after I graduated, I decided I wanted to get back into the world of higher ed. Um, and admissions kind of seemed like a really good fit for me and my interests. Um, so that's how I ended up in this world. <laughs> well, terrific. And we're very happy to have you. So Joanna, tell me, what is it about James Madison University that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Yeah, I think one of the cool things about JMU is um, we are a large public state university, right? So we are 19,000 undergraduate students on the whole. Um, but with that, we still have an average class of 25 and a student professor ratio of 16 to 1. So we've got this big student body that you get to feel in student involvement, school spirit, those kinds of things. But in the classrooms, you still really get to feel um, like you are not a number. You are a face and a name. You get to know your professors um, and all of that, that kind of um, relationship building dynamic. Um, we also, some really cool just sort of facts about JMU um, that make us kind of appealing. 80% of our students are doing research or internships before they graduate. Uh, we have a 98% placement rate within the last three years um, for jobs in grad school uh, within the first six months. And we're actually the number one most recommended university in the entire country based on our alums. Um, they're so incredibly proud of James Madison that they will be the first to tell you to go check us out um, and look at JMU and add us to your list. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much for sharing. And Joanna, how many applications do you actually review a year and do you represent a specific region? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I personally, this year, I reviewed, I think, 1,500. Wow. Um, roundabout between 1,500 and 2,000. Um, we as a whole got about 30,000 applications total. <laughs> that's a um, lot of applications. So <laughs> it was. We had a very big year this year. Um, and I do represent a very specific region. So my region is the way that I talk about it. It's the top of New Jersey and the bottom of New York. So it's like five <laughs> counties that surround New York City and New Jersey. And then it's Westchester, New York City and Long Island um, in the New York region. Um, the other half of New Jersey and the other half of New York are split into another recruiter's territory. Understood. And Joanna, every admissions officer receives a copy of the prospective student's transcript and activity sheet. Is there anything specific you are looking for when reviewing these items? Yeah, definitely. So uh, the activity sheet itself, that is not required by JMU. Um, the only thing that we actually require with an application is the transcript. And so that's the thing that we really look at very, very heavily. Um, now with that, we look at the core classes um, and the progression and the rigor that students have taken and the grades in those, those final grades in those core classes. Um, looking for mostly A's and B's on that transcript in those core areas, the English, math, science, social science, foreign language. And then we also want to see that students have taken advantage of the rigor that's available at their high school. Um, specifically compared to their high school, right? I'm not going to look at a student from um, Syosset and I'm going to look at them compared to the rest of Long Island, the rest of New York, the rest of my territory. I'm going to look very specifically at what does Syosset have to offer in the way of AP, IB, dual enrollment honors, and how has the student really taken advantage of that to their ability? Um, and then we do look at progression, like, you know, did they struggle freshman year and really figured it out sophomore year and excelled junior year? Um, or, you know, did they increase their rigor or things like that? We look at that kind of patterns and trends on that transcript. Well, I appreciate that insight. Thank you so much, Joanna. And can you share with us what is the average profile of the current freshman class? Yeah, so technically, like I said, we, we don't look at um, the high school GPA. We look really at the core classes. So I don't have like an average GPA that a student can say, oh, I have a, you know, a 3.5 or I have a, a 97 and I'm definitely going to be, you know, competitive. We really do look at those pieces, the, the final grades and core classes, the rigor that a student takes and that progression to make sure that a student is going to be academically successful at JMU. Um, and that is how we really review. So I don't have like a an average profile um, of students. With that also, you know, a lot of students ask me about SATs and ACT scores for averages or, or medians on them. And we don't require those. Um, we haven't for about five or six years. I don't expect that to change. Um, so I don't have a, a, an average on that one either, right? My rule of thumb with SATs and ACTs is if you are really proud of your scores, you can by all means send them in to me. Um, but I typically say if you're not proud of your scores or if it's going to stress you out at all to send them to JMU, or if you have to pay to send them to JMU, then I do not want them. Understood. And thank you so much for that insight. I know that's going to be very helpful to students and their parents who are considering applying to James Madison University. So thank you so much for that. So Joanna, what are some of the things that students can do to express demonstrated interest? In other words, how does a student let you know that if they are in fact accepted, they're coming to JMU? Yeah. 
Um, so demonstrated interest is, is kind of interesting. Some schools track it in a sense of um, it's important to their admission process. We don't track demonstrated interest in that sense. Um, for me, what I look at with a student is how many, you know, when they email me, how many times they email me, when they ask me questions, when I see them on the road. Um, I look at that as in how can I best help them to make their decision when it comes to the springtime and they've been accepted and they've got seven or eight schools that they're looking at or four or five or however many, um, you know, and I know that they're really interested in business and they're really worried about finances and they're really worried about going five hours from home or whatever it may be. Your demonstrated interest really helps me to then help my student figure out whether JMU is a good fit for them. Much appreciated. And Joanna, are there any new trends in the college admissions process? How has COVID, for example, changed how you evaluate student applications? Yeah, I think the biggest trend in college admissions right now is this test optional uh, pathway that a lot of us are on with COVID specifically, right? The SATs and ACTs weren't really available. They were canceled or they were postponed seven times or, you know, so students didn't have the ability to take those, those tests. And so for the last two years, probably a lot of schools went test optional. Now this year, right, we've seen a couple of schools go back to being test required. We've seen some schools who are still test optional, but it still matters. Um, you know, like I said, in one of the earlier questions, JMU has been test optional for several years and I don't expect that to change. So with that aspect, you know, COVID didn't really change the way we reviewed our applications. We still very much focused on those, those final grades, that rigor, that progression, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what we did, or I guess how COVID did sort of influence us was we did take into consideration that like we had schools that were virtual for a whole year. We had schools that were hybrid, that went virtual halfway through, that came back to in part. Like, so it was a very roller coaster like year. Um, and, and that was really hard for a lot of our students. So we've taken into consideration like when we're looking at those grades and those, those patterns and trends and that kind of thing, how has that dynamic of the last two years really affected the student? And can they still be successful at JMU? And was it just COVID that sort of made their transcript look different if it does? Again, we appreciate that insight. And what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you, Joanna? In other words, when you read them, you thought, wow, I really need to meet this student. Yeah. So college essays are one of my favorite topics. Um, JMU technically does not require them, right? Like I said earlier, the only thing required of a student is their application and their transcript. So if a student chooses to submit an essay to JMU, what I tell them is, you want to give me the things that will allow me to be your lawyer if I have to, in the sense <laughs> that, let's say you struggled freshman year in math. I don't know. Um, tell me about that, right? What happened? How did you then work through that? How did you get help? How did you talk to your teacher, right? How did you progress out of that to then be successful in the future? Um, give me those pieces so that if I have to go to my admissions committee and say, this student deserves to be here, this student can be successful, I've got these pieces, look at this essay that they wrote about how they worked really hard in their math class, whatever it may be, right? Now on the wider admissions world scale, right? Because you apply to many different institutions and a lot of schools do require essays. Um, I previously worked at an institution that did require an essay and we looked really heavily at those. 
my favorite essays were the ones that were sort of off the beaten track or that made me want to read them four or five times. So for example, I had a student who he really liked music and he really liked math, those two things. And he, so he wrote his entire essay about how math is really incorporated into music, specifically through the avenue of the pipe organ, which was his like instrument of choice. And I won't lie to you, I read that essay four or five times, being like, <laughs> he's trying to speak to me, I, I know it. And I, I, I couldn't exactly understand where his brain had come up with this connection, but I was so excited by the fact that he was so excited about this connection <laughs> he'd made that, like I said, I read it three or four times. I still tell students about it. Um, I've had another student who she really liked to bake. And so she actually wrote me a recipe for herself. Like she said, you take two cups of adventure and three cups of reading and you bake it for 20 minutes and out <laughs> comes Emma. And it was adorable. And I was like, this is so cute. I want to meet this student. Um, so it's those kinds of things that um, really showcase who a student is and then make me want to like meet them in person. And when I do meet them, I get to go, oh my gosh, I remember your essay. It was so much fun. Um, so on the wide admission scale, you want to be the one we talk about in like five years. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And I love the examples. Thank you so much, Joanna. What about the teacher letters of recommendation? What are you looking for to help get you a better picture of the candidate? Yeah, good. So you're going to sense a trend here with me. Um, letters of recommendation are optional. So we don't require them. Um, if you choose to send one, kind of the same idea as that essay, right? Those letters of recommendation, choose a teacher. Honestly, actually, my what I tell students is either pick a teacher that knows you really, really well. You've had them two or three times, right? Or choose a teacher where you really struggled in their class but you worked through that either with them or, or they just saw you work through that and become successful by the end of that class because those teachers sometimes write the most meaningful letters. They can really tell me how you overcome obstacles and how you um, react in the face of struggle, right? Um, and those can be really powerful to an admissions office when they're looking at your transcript um, or they're looking at your um essay or your uh, activity sheet or whatever it may be, right? If we've got these pieces to help us build this picture of this whole student that we have, um, those are really good, really good letters. Well, I appreciate the examples. Thank you so much. And Joanna, how important are students' grades and courses in progress in their senior year? Yeah, great question. Great question. Um, they are very important. We want to see, especially at JMU, we want to see that students have continued the progression of those uh, grades and rigor and the patterns and trends we've already seen in that freshman, sophomore, junior year, um, you know, into that senior year, right? We don't want to see that a student takes a full year of electives, right? If, if a student has, whether they've completed their graduation requirements by junior year or not, we still want to see that they've taken some core classes in some of the areas they're really interested in, that they've tested out some rigor, maybe they've increased their rigor, um, whatever it may be, but that they're still challenging themselves academically throughout that year. And then we also want to know, right, if a student feels like they're struggling, um, we want to know, we want the student to reach out to us and say, hey, I'm struggling in this class, um, you know, because my advice to students 
mid senior year when they're like, I'm really struggling in this class. I'm like, Hey, go talk to your teacher, right? Make sure that there's not something that you could do like an extra credit or turn in an assignment you missed or whatever it may get extra help um, to bring that grade. Like maybe you've got an 89 and you want a 90, right? So um, the earlier that you can communicate with us on those kinds of things, the more likely we are able to help you or give you recommendations or advice, I guess I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. And Joanna, does JMU offer an honors college and how are students identified for the program if in fact you have one? Once on campus, what are the benefits and expectations of an honors student? Yeah, we do in fact have an honors college. Um, the honors college application is actually open to just about anybody. Um, they The honors college actually says that students will um, self-filter, I guess, when they go to apply. Um, they focus really heavily on the essay portion of the honors college application. So on our, our website, there's actually the Honors College has its own couple of pages um, where you can find out more, but that is where you will find the application. Um, and it's a, it's a Word doc or PDF that has an essay component to it. And that's the thing that they say really, really students should put their, their effort into if they want to be in the Honors College. Um, I will say with the Honors College specifically, their deadlines are about two weeks behind our admissions deadlines. So for example, our early action deadline at JMU is November 1st. And then our honors college early action is November 15th. And same for our regular decision. Regular decision deadline is January 15th. Honors college is February 1st, right? So um, you want to make sure that you have those in mind if you're thinking of honors college when you come to look at that. Now, uh, as far as when they're here, benefits and expectations. Um, I mean, expectation is if you're interested in honors college and you get accepted, that you're going to continue to do the kind of um, exemplary work that you have been doing uh, up until then. Um, benefit wise, um, you know, there's always the enriched curriculum, right? You've got faculty mentorship through the honors college specifically, in addition to then, you know, your academic major and things like that. Um, we also have a couple of research and scholarly opportunities as well as study abroad that are available specifically to honors students. Um, and there's also honors housing. Um, and I get a question a lot of times when I'm talking about honors students and honors housing, students are like, do I have to live there? No, you do not have to live in the honors housing, but it is available to you um, if you would like to. Um, and then just sort of a couple of little, little benefits, I guess. Um, you also have pri priority enrollment. So honor students get the first choice on their classes and when it comes to course selection each year. So those are kind of some of the benefits. Well, thank you again for that overview. I really appreciate it. As I know, it'll benefit many students and their parents. Joanna, what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Yeah. So... JMU specifically is a D1 school. We actually have three different levels of athletics for students to participate in. We've got the D1 collegiate level, we have club level sports as well, and then we also have intramural. So students can participate in any of those three levels. We have about 30% of our students doing athletics of some kind here at JMU. Um, for us, because it's D1, the actual collegiate recruitment process is very strict. Um, you know, coaches can't talk to you until you know, spring of your junior year, that kind of thing. So I typically say across the board, whether you're looking at D3, D2, D1, whatever it may be, most colleges have their own athletic website. 
Um, and on that, it they will be able to find the coach's information as well as sometimes even a like a recruit me form that they can fill out. I typically say email the coach, fill out the form. Some coaches, some schools go strictly off of the email. Some schools, some coaches go strictly off of that form. Some do both. The more that you can make sure that you're known, the better off you will be. Um, I think one of the most important things is deciding what kind of level of athletics you want to be a part of, right? D1 is very strict. It's very um, restricted. Uh, and then D2 is a little less. D3, you kind of get to do a really good balance while still getting that really solid athletic experience. Um, and then, like I said, we also have club and intramural, and a lot of schools have those as well. So figuring out what level you want to be at will also then determine how you're reaching out to coaches and how you're doing those kinds of things, whether you're going to camps or recruitment um, clinics or whatever it may be um, in your process. Well, that's great advice. And Joanna, I will include the link to the JMU Office of Admissions in the show notes. If there's anything else that you want me to include, please provide it to me so that we could share it, of course, with the students and the parents. Thank you so much. Yeah. And lastly, Joanna, what are the top three pieces of advice you would offer prospective students and their parents who are starting the college admissions process now? Yeah, great question. Uh, first of all, because I know we have some students who start sophomore year, some students who start junior year. I met a freshman the other day. It's never too early or too late to start. Um, you can start whenever you feel like you're ready to start looking and you will still find an amazing school to go to. Um, my top three pieces of advice, number one, get on campuses. Um, if you can, um, you know, I typically say try to get there, you know, fall at least at the very least fall of your senior year. And then again, spring of your senior year, um, because it's a very different feel between, um, getting on campus as a prospective student before you apply and then getting on campus as an admitted student after you've applied and you're trying to really decide whether that school's a good fit for you. So getting on campus as a sophomore or junior and then again as a senior is very, very important. You get this feel um, of whether you can see yourself on that campus and that's hugely important for the admissions process. I've actually had a couple of parents who and one specifically, she was like, I don't believe in that. That's not a thing. And I was like, <laughs> I bet you set foot on a campus and you said, this is not for me. And she was like, oh, we did that. Yes. You know, last week. It's like, exactly. <laughs> right. So feel is huge. The other, uh, one of the other pieces of advice would be that um, finding like, you know, like I said, knowing what level of athletics you want to participate in or, you know, what kind of research opportunities you want, you know, kind of figure out what you want out of your experience in college and then making sure that whatever school you are looking at has those experiences for you. For example, myself personally, when I was looking at schools, I wanted to double major in art and equine science. I wanted to major in, in photography and horses. <laughs> and <Right. laughs> the school that I ended up at didn't have one of those majors, had it as a minor, but not a major. But the other pieces of that school, my feel, um, the level of athletics that I was going to be participating in, um, the, the kind of student body size that I had, those things kind of outweighed that decision of I need a double major. And I ended up majoring in one and minoring in the other. So understanding the like, I need these things. And then the, I can sort of mesh on these things, right? That's really important. Um, and then the, the third piece of advice, talk to your admissions counselors. If you have questions, email them, call them before it's too late, right? And by too late, what I mean is 
don't wait until the very last second when you're freaking out and it's April 29th and you're like, I need, I need to answer this question. I don't know how to do this thing. I don't know whether JMU has this thing, right? Email us early enough. As soon as you think of that question, I don't know. I don't really care if you have asked that question four times and you want to ask it again, just to confirm, you know, what's a Duke dog, please do. Um, it's my entire job to help my students through this process. And so I'd much rather hear from them throughout the year with their questions and their concerns and help them through the process, even just on the whole, um, right? I've answered a lot of these questions as like admissions process in the wider world, not just JMU, um, but that's my job. And I really want to be able to do that. So let me do that for you. Well, Joanna, those are great pieces of advice. I know it's going to help a lot of students and parents, whether they're applying to JMU or not. You gave so many details about so many aspects of the college admissions process. We really appreciate your time today, and I hope to have you on the show again soon. Thank you so much, Joanna. Yeah, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.